Chris, how did you first become aware that some of the students at Meade High School at Fort Meade were, were struggling? Well, it started just by volunteering in the school system. And in volunteering, there were not a, not a lot. There was a percentage of the kids who they were just acting out. And when I would address those children, you know, one-on-one, um, I'd find out that, well, they decided they didn't want to. Uh, many of them didn't know how to read well, and they certainly didn't know, have the math skills, even the basics of knowing their multiplication tables. So they were lost. And um, the question was, hey, what do we do about this individually, incrementally, one-on-one, so that we can begin to reach these kids? That's how it first came to my attention. So at what point did the concept of, of bringing in military personnel uh, on their own time to tutor, how, how did that come in? Well, I am 28 years retired from the Air Force, and uh, the one thing that I do know is that we have military personnel who have helped with uh, Christ Center programs all over the world, and they've been transferred, you know, every two to three years you have to move. Well, the thing when you're moving into a new environment is where is it that I can serve? And right now the opportunity that Youth for Christ is providing is that we would like to tutor these young people and we're doing this with the cooperation of right now MacArthur Middle School and we're just asking trying to find military personnel who want to reach out into students' lives and, and you know what I mean, it's that holistic mission thing. It's meeting them where their needs are. And that's where that's where it started. Uh Youth for Christ, uh Metro Maryland Youth for Christ. Uh, Stephen Case is our executive director and thought this would be a great idea, and we're following suit. Now, people in the military, of course, are very disciplined by nature. Is this a pretty good example for the students as well, to see someone very disciplined coming in to help them learn? Well, I would always say yes to that. And, you know, the reality is that the discipline extends beyond that which we impose upon ourselves. There's a further discipline that's really needed with many of these students, and it's a discipline of allowing them to know that they can speak unabated, allowing them to say things that most people strike that many people would just shut them down or, or, or let them know. But I operate on something I call the 101% principle, and that is I find 1% of what some student says, and I focus 100% of my attention on it. And all the stuff that's negative or all the words that came out that someone might take severe issue with, well, we have time to address that later. Right now, I want to pay attention to the 1% of something that lets them know that I heard what you said and let's gravitate outward and clean up that other 99%. Does that make sense? It does. In other words, you're finding kind of the, the, the nugget to, to, to focus on and then bring it to fruition and then spread out from there. Well, you said it better than I could have. Yes, sir. I don't know about that, but <laughs> are, are, are the young people appreciative when you finally find a way to talk to them on their own level? Well, you know, it's interesting is that the fact is that they are what they're, I find them to be more appreciative of is that it's not when I talk to them, but it's when they know that they are being heard. And even in those areas where correction is needed, that can wait. Um, they just want to know they're being heard. And, uh, you know, trying to find that, that, that soft point, uh, we, we refer to them as trying to reach students in authentic Christ-sharing relationships. 
And those authentic Christ-sharing relationships are where uh, Christ becomes the mutual talking point between a student and a leader. And, you know, it doesn't happen right away. There are times it just doesn't come about at all. But that's the key. You know, that's the end result of what we're looking for. In talking to students, what kind of issues are typical they're struggling with, dealing with? Many of the students, it's the fact that there is no, I want to say there's a male leader in the home. Uh, with many of them, it's the issue of being bullied. With many of them, and I don't just throw out the word many, this is, this is where they live. It's the issue of the LGBTQ AI, there's these, these issues. They just want to talk and let you know how they feel about something without either being judged about it, without being corrected, or without being dictated to. Um, so those are, those are some of the issues that, that I've experienced. During, say, non-school time, is Youth for Christ uh, encouraging them in, in other ways outside of school? Yeah, the, the the reality is that Youth for Christ is is involved in a, a myriad of different programs helping students, whether it's single moms or whether it's the Deaf Teen Quest, uh, City Life, the Campus Life, Juvenile Justice Ministry, desperately trying to reach these students. And with COVID rearing its ugly head, the reality is that it's just very difficult now other than being on a social media, uh, sorry, a media platform like Zoom uh, to reach students. It's just very difficult to reach them. So that's why we're trying all these creative methods. I have some of my own, and uh, my associates are using, uh, you know, some, some tools that they have at their disposal also. Could you tell us about specific people, you can maybe use a first name or, or something like that, that, that you've actually met with and talked to and over time uh, have really kind of pointed them in the direction of, of Christ and finding faith. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Um, I'll tell you about one. His name is Jordan. And Jordan, when we started talking, uh, very uh, introverted, and I got him to talk and, you know, began communicating. And then he wanted to hear some music, and it was rap music. So listen to the rap music and the lyrics were, I mean, they were just filthy uh, by my standard. And I said, okay, I let the song finish. I said, hey, can I let you hear something? And I put on this uh, rap artist, Christian rap artist, NF, and uh, started listening to it. He said, who's that? I said, oh, it's a Christian rap artist. Well, as soon as I said Christian he was like, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't like that church stuff. I, don't like I said, well, can you help me to understand what you're hearing right now? How is it different from what you're listening to? And you know what he said? The stuff I listen to is negative. I, I like the negative stuff. And I said, what do you mean by negative? Well, I like those, those bad words in it. I like the, the sort of the shooting. And, that's a, and I said, wow, it's very interesting. Well, that's how it started. And just today, we were riding, and in the car we had an event we were going to. We were riding in the car, and something came up. And I asked Jordan, I said, well, I said to Jordan, I said, well, you know, we all are going to die at one point or another. He said, yeah, and then well, we go to heaven, right? I said, 
what you said has an element of truth, but what is it that makes you believe we go to heaven? And he said, well, that's what the Bible says, right? We die and then we go to heaven. I said, some do, but if I asked you this, Jordan, tell me, what do you think it is that we have to do to get to heaven? And he said, well, you got to be good. And you just got to do good stuff. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, stop. Don't go into crazy Pastor Chris mode. Just hear what he said. And I said, Jordan, you know what? You just said something that most people in the world believe. And you and I, why don't we have a conversation about that tomorrow? So right now, and I thank you for asking the question, because I'd like for you to be praying, and anyone who hears this to be praying, um, that the Spirit of God just leads as we further this conversation the next time. And? Well, um, is it the end? Do I segue into another student, or do I continue with Jordan? <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in Jordan, you know, yeah. just what you're, you're hoping and praying for. Yeah. So uh, the, the reality is I, I love, I'm an evangelist at heart, I, and I believe firmly that, and we know this, that God tells us to go out making disciples of, of, through, of all the nations. But there's one thing is just telling people about the love of Jesus Christ, telling them that he, God has a plan for their life. That will be the conversation. I'll see Jordan again on Saturday. And I'm going to reference this conversation that we had today, and we will talk. There's a small book that I use, and um, I hope the plug doesn't do any harm, but it has helped me tremendously over the years in witnessing the people. It's Andy Stanley's book, Since Nobody's Perfect, How Good is Good Enough. And it goes directly to what Jordan was speaking about, about being good and going to heaven. Um, if the Spirit leads, as I believe it will, He will, on Saturday we'll have an extended dialogue, and I'm praying that there'll be an opportunity to extend to Jordan um, God's free gift of salvation. It seems like in culture, in American culture and society as a whole, there seems to be this concept that uh, that heaven is the default when you pass away. There was a movie even called All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. Uh, but the, the concept that, wait a minute, there's another place besides heaven, and a lot of people are going there unless, that's sometimes hard for people to, to process and, and to swallow. How how do you work your way through that and tell them people? Yeah, the, the one thing that I don't default to either heaven or this other place what I default to is letting them know that God has a plan for your life, and you are the only person who gets to have the final decision in it. So while we're talking about spending an eternity with God, I don't focus so much on this place, where it is, what it looks like. The only the extent that I reach to a student with that is that it is an eternity with God. I don't care where it is, and I don't care what it is. I just want to be there. But can you imagine, and I'd ask them, help me imagine, what's the worst experience you've ever had, or the worst place you've ever been, or the worst thing you've ever seen? And there are stories that come out. And I'll say, if you could imagine that being a hundred or a thousand times worse, that's only a taste of what it's like to not be, not be uh, you know, in the presence of God forever. So, you know, it's not so much the place. It's the relationship and the fact that 
I, I, you know, I can, I can try to talk about this right now. The reality is every conversation of witnessing is different, and God just provides the right words every time. So I, I'm sorry if I didn't do justice to that question. It, it was exactly what needed to be said. It, it makes perfect sense to me. So with, with the students that, that you work with, Jordan and others, if you and Youth for Christ and other Christian organizations don't come along to help, to encourage, to guide, what could their lives be like? What, what path could they be on with, without someone coming alongside? Yeah, I, I sort of think it's the path that most everybody finds when they don't find Christ. Um, whether you, your life ends at an early age or an older age, uh, it's a life that is a life built around a false premise, and that is that there's no hope. You have absolutely no assurance of anything. Um, oh, what you can see and what you can taste and what you can feel, certainly. But that sin, and we know this, the enemy just promises everything. It looks so good. It looks attractive. And for the moment, it's fine. But, you know, when we delve into that sin, I believe it was Robbie Zacharias who said, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. And with these young people, absent Youth for Christ or organizations like Youth for Christ, absent uh, men and women who are walking in accordance with the, you know, what God's will is for their lives as they reach out to these young people. Tell you what, these kids are following, and I believe that they're looking for someone to lead them, and they're looking for somebody to speak into their lives. And you know what I believe? I believe that God gives us all the opportunity. Every time we speak with a young person, you can lead them toward the cross, you can do nothing, or you can lead them away from the cross based on either your, your, your speech or your actions. And man, can you imagine that? I, 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 I just don't want to find myself ever in a position where I'm standing before Jesus Christ. And it won't be judgment because I've already passed from judgment to life. But to know that I had an opportunity to reach out to a young person and I did nothing at all. So anyway. For people who are listening to, to our interview, to our story right now, how can they come as, alongside to, to help you, to help others? Well, I, I would dare say with us, we, Youth for Christ has something called See the Story, Be the Story. And if anyone is interested at all, uh, Youth for Christ, our website is www.yfc.net. And if you want to know how you can be involved, uh, the first thing we'd love for you to do is just come and see the story. We, we would love for, for you to know how we are trying to reach one million uh, students this year in Christ-centered relationships. But see the story, it's, 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 it's for people who have no idea about Youth for Christ. Uh, generally, it's done during a lunch hour, and it's you know, no more than one hour long. And it's just a brief description of what... Uh, you know, all of our Youth for Christ is about and how people can be involved. So that's, that's one way. And once you hear the story, um, you know, see the story, 
many people just want to be a part of the story, and that is engaging where they can in these relationships with young people who, absent their intervention, will have um, just a little hope in a world that will try to take them right down the toilet. (laughs) Understood. Chris, I really appreciate your sharing your heart with us. Oh, you are so gracious, and I, I can't tell you, and I cannot thank you enough for taking the time, Richard, and, and just uh, allowing whatever God will do with this interview. Would you mind if I just close this in a word of prayer? Fine, yes. <laughs> Father, we are so thankful that we serve a God who has trusted us with his good name. Father, you have looked down and you have determined that all of this was good and evil crept into the world. And, Father, right now it has just engulfed the minds of our young people. We have robbed them of so much of their childhood. They have been exposed to things that no child should ever know. They shouldn't hear about it. They shouldn't see it. But it's there. Father, Jesus, we know, is the answer for the world today. And we pray that conversations like this Father, we ask your blessings upon it, and we pray against anything that the enemy would bring into the lives of these young people. We pray for Jordan and all the rest of the Jordans. And I thank you for my brother. I thank you for this opportunity where he is providing an avenue where your word would be would reach people that would never have heard about Youth for Christ or opportunities like this before. So be with my brother Richard. Be with his programming. Be with all of us as we just one day at a time, do what we can to reach one soul at a time. For it's in Christ's name I pray and to thy glory. Amen. I agree. Amen. Amen. I love it.